0: Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3.
1: Welcome back to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. This week, I'm so excited to have a conversation with Ed and Amy, my co-host, of course, but also one of my very, very good friends, McKenna Hirsch. And just like myself, she's a student at Purdue, and we have gone to high school together. We're from the same area, but we've had two very different experiences getting to the same campus. So we're going to talk about that today, and I'm really
2: excited for it. Awesome. Welcome, McKenna
0: so great to have you McKenna you're in good hands I think I promise we will be good (laughs) I make no promises (laughs) sometimes sometimes it gets a
1: little funky on here all right um so do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself kind of how you found yourself at Purdue because like I said we have two very different paths getting here
3: so I just started at Purdue on um, the spring semester. So it's definitely a transition coming in halfway through the year. Um, and my journey to Purdue was probably a little bit different than most people's journey into college. I did a semester at home at my local community college um, in fall of 2022. And during that time, I was a student intern on a political campaign for my congressman. Um, and that. Interest originally started during like the end of my senior year. Um, I had a mutual friend who worked on the campaign and I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be anywhere near politics. I thought I was always going to go the business and economics route. That's how I applied um, as my major in college. And I had the opportunity to work on this campaign and I was like, why not? It's, you know, I'll go in one day and if I don't like it, then I can stop. And eight months later, um, I ended up loving it, and now I've decided to pursue a career in political science, and that's what I'm currently studying at Purdue.
2: Very nice. Look at you.
0: That's so exciting. I feel like it has a lot to do. Oh, you go ahead. I jump right in. There we go, <laughs> and so it begins. My first question for you, especially at a young age and where you are in life, stepping in on that campaign during that time, what was that experience like as a young woman? Were you were you intimidated? Were they good to you? Did you feel like you were respected intellectually? What you feel comfortable sharing, but what was that like? And did you kind of graduate into a new comfort with it once you got settled?
3: It was definitely intimidating. Um, We were just about two months away from the primary election, so about April, and it felt like we were going 100 miles per hour every second of every day, and I kind of walked in on my first day, and I honestly felt a little overwhelmed. Um, The office was always super busy. Everyone always had a million things on their plate, but one thing that really comforted me was just seeing so many people my age um, making phone calls to complete strangers and canvassing doors. Um, and houses to people that they've never talked to before. And kind of seeing that there were other high schoolers who also had the same interests as me really made me feel comfortable. Um, It's kind of the joke in politics, but the country is run by 25-year-olds, and that was very much true for this campaign. Um, Most everybody who had um, a relatively senior position on the campaign um, was in their early 20s, some of them just recent college graduates, and they were... Um, kind of figuring out their footing within their political career. And so just kind of seeing that young mindset and um, that flexibility that they had on the campaign just made me feel so welcome.
0: Did you feel like you kind of held your own? Were you like, okay, I'm all right. I got this.
3: Eventually, the first couple weeks, I kind of had no idea what I was doing. But um, after the primary election and going into the midterm election, I felt like, so comfortable
2: and like i have been doing it for most of my life I would like to sorry Capri I did I see now I'm jumping in because it's a pretty interesting (laughs) stuff so
1: no it um,
2: is McKenna I I just want to kind of circle back to something you said about having no interest in politics getting an opportunity to kind of see it I like that thought of if I don't like it I'm out of here If you could tell somebody, like we hope, you know, a bunch of young people or a parent that's trying to figure out direction for a young man or a young woman, maybe in high school, early part of career, how important was it in your mind to get that firsthand experience in the office? Obviously, it changed your direction, but if somebody said, man, I I don't know if I want to do an internship or shadow somebody or get involved with, politics or any other activity for that matter, how, how, what was that impact like? And what would you suggest in terms of how to get experience? Uh, sounds like you knew somebody there, but what impact did that have in your overall reach, re trajectory, trajectory? I don't know. We'll just call it whenever I want.
3: Um, I think this, in, the internship that I did was completely life-changing Um, Obviously, without it, I would have no idea that I had an interest in political science and studying politics. Um, My biggest advice to anybody who is unsure about what they want to do in their career or if they're kind of um, maybe lacking a clear passion is just do an internship, try it out. Um, If you don't like it, you don't have to stick with it. Um, And if companies aren't necessarily offering internships, reach out because you can shadow someone if you want to, or maybe they have an internship that you can kind of create on your own because companies are always looking for young, eager people who want to pursue their same interests. Absolutely. Um, to add to that, um, McKenna and I, McKenna is
1: like every, time I have a professional development question, I literally go to McKenna. Like we have spent countless nights in her room, like working on LinkedIn and like our resumes and whatnot. And that is like, I think McKenna told me this, but like, if basically what she just said, like, if you don't be an opportunity directly, like hop on LinkedIn, look for something and it will be there and just start reaching out to people because if the worst, the worst you could get is no, and then you're in the same exact place you've started, but you're not because now you have more experience about how to approach the situation better the next time.
2: Love it. Absolutely brilliant. That's fantastic advice. Um, So I want to circle back uh, again and talk about, you said you did your first semester in college locally back at home. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which came first, the opportunity in the internship, or was it college, and did you shift college for the internship? Can you walk us through that timeline and that process, please?
3: It's definitely a little bit of both. Um, I hadn't necessarily got into the schools that I wanted to, and I actually was originally committed to Fordham um, out in the Bronx in New York. Um, but when I kind of went through the financials with my parents, it just wasn't gonna be financially possible without hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt. So I kind of had a decision to make. Um, one of them was you know, taking a gap year, just reapplying um, and seeing how that goes. Or I could, um, you know, get a job and work um, and wait another year. Um, or I could enroll in community college um, and just try and get some of the credits out of the way. Um, and by that time, I was kind of new in the campaign. Um, I was an unpaid intern. So there was nothing, um, <laughs> there was nothing um, keeping me, like, super close to the campaign, except for the fact that I absolutely loved it but in terms of the monetary funds, um, they weren't there, so I decided that I was going to enroll um, in MiraCosta, and I would do at least one semester there, um, potentially two, because um, there's always an opportunity to start fourth of the year in the spring semester, and so I'd kind of come to terms with that decision. Um, In the beginning, I was a little stubborn and um, I definitely wanted to, you know, leave the house and be independent and go to college. But um, it, uh, it honestly ended up working out in the end because I was uh, presented with the opportunity for a fellowship over summer that was paid, and then a second fellowship during fall semester that was also paid. And so, even though, you know, my path to getting to Purdue wasn't super straight, um, in the end, it all worked out and I really wouldn't trade the opportunity for the world. So
2: that's fantastic. So that's I wanted so to amazing. also uh talk about process. So you go through fact, I think um correct me if I'm wrong, Capri, weren't were you looking at Fordham too?
1: I was not. I don't think I think the only because school was Boston College, but
2: got it. Okay. So I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> I just head, can't remember it be So back to you, McKenna. Um so you're on this path, right? And I think one thing that Kampree and Amy can speak to is that the process to apply to go to a university or universities, because it's multiple applications, multiple requirements, some similar, but a lot different. You're going through that and you ha- you're you on this path that this is what I'm going to do. You said that, you know what, there was a little bit of a, oh my gosh, th- this school is super expensive. I don't think I can make that work. And you have to pivot, Right. Did you ever think to yourself, I don't even know if I want to go through the hassle of reapplying because it was so much work? Um, and then what got you back on into the process and starting that all over again? Or maybe it was just a different uh, trajectory. There's that word again for you on this on this path. Um,
3: I absolutely there were definitely times where I felt like, is it even worth it to go through the application process again and have the same feelings Mm-hmm. of rejection. But at the end of the day, what really kept me going forward <laughs> is the fact that when I graduate with a degree, all of these obstacles will be worth it. Um and another thing that really led me um to reapply is the transfer application is a lot less rigorous than the general like post high school grad um application, if that makes right. sense. Um and so as maybe As weird as this may sound, knowing that the application wasn't going to take months um, to complete just kind of reassured me um, to, like, know that college still was the right decision for me.
2: That was a fantastic answer. I I love that you kind of just said, I, that was then, this is now, this is a different path, I'm on it. And the lesson that you learn from it about just staying true to the process and what you're trying to accomplish, that's a really, that's really good feedback for any young man or young woman. Cause frankly, there's a lot of young people that don't get their perfect choice or what they thought was perfect choice for you to go like, not take that and just run away, but to go, okay. I have an opportunity. I'm going to pursue this opportunity and reapply. That's amazing. How many schools did you end up reapplying to? Just one. Oh, look at you. That's (laughs) that's, that's an all or nothing approach right there. I love it. Well, I don't love it. I don't recommend (laughs) it, but it worked. And that's, that's awesome.
0: McKenna, I have a question for you, and it's, this is a little broader scope, but I can tell you're already just a very hard charger, go-getter. You've taken on multiple things. You see big picture. I love that you have that ability to make those shifts. Where do you see then as you're navigating now these next years where you're set in your structure and your system, your goals, where you're at now, and yet also keeping that part of creativity or possibility open if something comes in that maybe shows you you need to steer another direction? Where do you leave the room open for what could come in versus also just staying on the plan? And how do you see yourself navigating that?
3: Right. So there's I, there's always opportunities out there. Um, something that I've had to take in, com, into consideration is, is this something that I'm super passionate about? Because if it's not something that I'm passionate about, I'm not going to want to pursue it to the fullest. And so in presented with opportunities i guess not to repeat myself um i just really have to take that into perspective of how it's going to fit into my life Mm. and kind of like my attitude toward the opportunity um because yeah attitude and passion towards something i think can really make or break it
0: That's a great answer because we can get inundated with opportunity and think we have to take them all. And it is difficult to say no to things or realize, is this on brand for me? Is this on my goals? But yet also not wanting to give up something that might be what you're supposed to step into. And that's something that you realizing that about yourself and at this stage in life is just so important. I, I always say that sometimes an opportunity gives us a chance for discernment. And sometimes it's just about learning the discernment, not the opportunity itself. And it seems like you've really also figured that out. Congratulations.
3: Thank
2: you. Boy, this is McKenna Fest. Man, you got some you got some good insight for a young woman. I think um, we gotta get I'm, her back
1: on here again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm liking this. I I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to circle back to transition. You talked about being in your internship and being overwhelmed at first. I'm also curious about the transfer. So you're coming into an institution that's the school year already started, and I know that you have Capri there, but uh, was that a little overwhelming, and how did you manage that as you're trying to get acclimated to a new environment?
3: Right, so coming in um, halfway through the year obviously comes with its own set of challenges. Obviously, I had Capri to welcome me, which was so amazing, um, and I think the biggest thing was just really navigating a new university and how... Their, their academic approach to teaching um, because obviously I had been at a community college and then high school before. So the biggest challenge for me was probably acclimating just to the um, the rigorousness is not the word. Um,
2: I made up a word. The, you can make one up too. It's okay.
3: Yeah. Okay. We'll go with the like rigorousness. The mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just um, adapting to the academics here was probably the biggest thing that surprised me um, coming from community college. Um, and the weather, of course. So,
2: <laughs> so when you say adapting, yeah. what can you give the folks out there an example of how high school to community college or more importantly, community college to a four-year institution, mm-hmm. How that what's different?
3: So when I did my one semester at MiraCosta, I took all of my classes online because I knew I really wanted to focus all of my time on or most of my time on the fellowship that I had. Um, and so going from the online asynchronous environment to fully in-person um, with long lecture hours um, and going back to, like, tons of hours of studying just was something that I had to adapt to because that wasn't necessarily the challenge that I faced when I did my first semester at community college.
2: That was a pretty big word to use right there. Was that asynchronous? Goodness gracious. Oh. <laughs> We're pushing it out there.
3: It's taking notes.
2: I am. That's a... That's his word of (laughs) the week You said weather. I I wouldn't have thought to ask this question, but since you brought it up, and I know, I think Capri talked about it before, too. um, Acclimating, give some folks some feedback for those people who, like us, or spend most of our adult life in Southern California, and they're moving to a destination that is a little bit more harsher than what we might be accustomed to what was that like and what what would what, you do to prepare for that
3: right well we have a lot of gray days here um which is something that you have to get used to because um i am very motivated by the weather and the sun so if the sun's out i'm going to be a lot more productive um and if it's gray, it's going to be the opposite so i think that's just something that i had to keep in mind that's if funny. you know even the sun isn't out i still have to keep going and uh, be productive and, you know, pursue my academics because, you know, it doesn't go by the weather, so.
1: Also, so we have, like, a sunny streak. So it'll be, like, sunny two days in a row and then poor rain. The last week, it was, like, sunny two days and then the day after, it rained three inches and that's happening again tomorrow, so it's, like, when it's sunny out, we're so motivated to finish our work so that we can just go sit outside and It's not even that it's, like, sunny and warm. It's literally sunny and 45 degrees. But if the sun's out, like, every student is outside and it makes it feel, like, really lively, I think that you don't realize how, like, how much it impacts you
0: until you're already past the point. Well, if it makes you both feel better, that's been the exact same weather here in San Diego for weeks. It's 45 <laughs> and sunny outside. And, and then it pours rain for the next few days. It snowed in Los Angeles. We're having just crazy season. We're wearing that's sweaters so and socks. This is very unusual. So we are just feeling it with you now. And we have also acclimated.
2: We're together with you. We're
0: together. We're
2: together. <laughs> because it got in the 40s here. We're surviving fact, our first winter night, it was together. 39.
0: Wow. Well, McKenna, I have another question for you. And I'm actually taking this out of the playbook of last week's episode where we had Catherine Lang with us, Miss California. And also Ed and Capri are still both accountable for answering this question. I don't know if they're ready yet, but if you had a word that described where you're at, where you're at in life right now, a word that is saying, this is what it is right now. This describes my, let's say even your year, what would that word be? Maybe I'll go last
1: because I'm going to need to think <laughs> about that one for a I second. I think that's a good idea. I've been thinking about it. Have you been thinking about week. it? Yes. Okay. So every year I pick two words for myself and last year was love and balance. And so I was like, oh, I want to use balance for this year. But I feel like balance is more of a state of being versus a state of like achieving for me. So I don't want to like say that it's something that I think I've kind of already accomplished. So this year, I think I have two. Am I allowed to have two or do I just have to go? Yes, one? go for it. Okay. Humility, like humble and also joy because just like there's such a joy in being able to humble yourself and serve others. So it's like fully being present or being like, oh, I might not want to do this job because it's not the most glamorous, but it's something that I need to do to get to the next step or like something that I need to do to kind of help someone in another way so humble for that one and also being able to like take pride in what you've accomplished and but in a way that like doesn't isn't super um like showing off and I think that's something that a lot of young people maybe struggle with because it's like oh on social media you just want to post it all up but also you don't want to brag so humble is one and then the other one is joy and I think this relates to a little bit what McKenna was saying that if you don't have the passion for it like don't do it if you don't have the joy for it don't do it Mm. and seek things in life that give you joy like this podcast
0: yay and we're so thankful that brings you joy because you're still with us (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: okay
0: let's hear it uh
2: so uh, i might be stealing from mckenna but my word is uncomfortable Mm. um I, I've coined this phrase. With, uh, I think I did. I don't know. I'm taking credit for it either way. It's just okay, get, you do that. get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think if you can get out of your comfort zone, a lot of amazing things can happen. You just have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So m- my word is uncomfortable is I just have to be in it and navigate that. So um, that may change, but right now it's the thing that to McKenna's point is like, I don't like gray either. And it's like, I'm, it's cold. I don't want to get up. And it's like, you're uncomfortable. So, um, stay there. And there's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable. And it's not the other word that I had since, um, Capri got to is helpful um, I think if you help people, ultimately people will help you. So that yes. can help you combat your discomfort, right? So you just mm-hmm. ask for help. So, but you have to be available right. to help other people too. So, uncomfortable and helpful, those are my two.
0: Love it. That's good. That's very Edward. Very.
3: <laughs>
2: All right, mechanic. I've got to figure out a think? way to put those two words together, make it one word. <laughs>
3: I think the word that's defined my last two months here at Purdue is probably purpose. Um, I really do feel like I have found my purpose and my passion, really, and taking these um, political science classes. Obviously, you know, I always had an open mind that if political science wasn't one I wanted to pursue once I got to Purdue, if I didn't like the curriculum, I kind of kept that open mind that I can change my major if I wanted to, but... Um, being surrounded by these amazing students and amazing professors and being in these classes, I really do feel like i found my purpose, um, and if you can say my calling in life, to just kind of pursue that career in politics. Fantastic. Beautiful. I love this.
2: Yeah, but, I like, like this question. So I mean, we, we're gonna, we might want to tee it up before the person gets on.
0: No, it's so much fun. Look at that. Look oh, what came out of her, though. That was from the heart. It was real. Yeah, I it was love raw. It. And it was it was great. It was great. I loved it.
2: Um, I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Purposeful mm-hmm. and what was the other one again? Just
3: purposeful. Just purposeful. I always came
1: up with one. He only got she one. He was the, the one that one had had didn't. Yeah, and, and accomplish the
2: mission. <laughs> All right. Oh, so All right. uh, McKenna, I want to jump in. At my final question for you is: We never get where we're going without somebody helping us. Outside of your parents, is there any mentor or somebody that kind of gave you the courage to go down this path that you'll be thankful for for the rest of your life?
3: Um, Yes. My, My mutual friend who introduced me to this campaign and has really guided me all throughout this journey, I think he is definitely my mentor. And it's such a humbling and cool experience because... Um, to look up to someone who's younger than you, and not that your mentor always has to be older than you, but just that he's so wise and knowledgeable and introduced me to this campaign. If I ever had any questions about what was going on, um, I could always, you know, turn to him. We went to high school together, so we had a lot in common. Um, and just the fact that he and I worked on the campaign um, for those same months all the way up until the midterm election just was really cool, and I greatly admire him.
2: You have just given us so many gems today. I love that one. Age golden
0: nuggets. I love it.
2: Yeah, age does not dictate uh, being empowered. You know, mm-hmm. it it you fi- you can find that from a lot of different places. I mean, yes. that's the entire premise behind this podcast. Young people can inspire us, old folks. Maybe some experience from our side helps there, and then there's the collaboration of like-minded people that can yes. be kind of a um, an impetus to, to making fantastic and amazing thing happen. I mean, ultimately it puts you on a path that you didn't even think you were going to be on. So that's incredible. So I I love that question. So that's kind of my question. I'm wrapped up. This has been an amazing, amazing conversation. I don't know, Capri, she's your friend. Do you have any questions left for her? Oh
1: yeah. I got a whole (laughs) list left. Okay. If you do you wanna add anything? Cause I got a couple to go through. <laughs>
0: no, to go rapid fire. All right. Take it. Um,
1: wrapping around back a bit to applying to colleges again. So you went through this application twice and most people dread going through it once. And you did say that the second time around was a lot easier, a lot diff a lot more different than the first time. If you were to apply to college for the first time again what would you do differently now going through it twice?
3: I don't think it's a negative to go in as undeclared. Not knowing what you want to pursue is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, And it can definitely benefit people in some ways. So that's my one piece of advice. Um, My other piece of advice is you do not have to apply to 30 schools. If you keep those schools um, to a smaller numbo- number um, and really apply to the ones that you could see yourself going to. I think that's um, the best thing to do because you don't ultimately want to end up with a school that you wouldn't choose to go to. Um, and my last piece of advice I think would be, actually I only have two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> those are good too. That's, that, okay. that's it.
0: Those are my cards okay. right there. <laughs> okay.
1: So I didn't know until like 10 minutes ago that you only applied to Purdue. Um, Were you just like, if I don't get in, I'm going to stay at Miracosta. Like what was your thought process behind that? Because it sounds like you applied to a couple or a lot in the first part. And then the second time around, you just went for one. So you want to elaborate a little more on that one?
3: Yeah. So my plan um, actually went in two completely opposite ways. Um, I was going to apply to Purdue and see where that went. Um, And if I got in, I would go. And my other opportunity was actually to continue to do another um, semester at Miracosta online and pursue a congressional internship, which I will hopefully be doing this summer. But I was going to continue my studies um, and then just be an intern in Washington, D.C. if I wasn't going to be at Purdue.
2: Dig on that. You
3: got a plan there.
2: That's a pretty good plan yeah. B, by the way.
3: Good plan B, right? <laughs>
1: that's that's honestly that's pretty great. <laughs> I feel like that's a two plan A's.
2: You're right. The exactly. fork in the
1: road. Wow. Okay. Um, and then this one is a little more. Well, it's not really about applying to college anymore. But how did you deal with some of like? I'm not sure if we want to call it like the pressure or the stigma or just like the emotions of everyone else going to college when you were staying home. And like, even though there was an extremely beneficial purpose and like mission of you being there, how was navigating that?
3: Um, Emotionally, it definitely wasn't easy. I definitely was maybe a little bit jealous of people who were going off to college um, and I was still staying at home. But I knew that in the end, what was meant to be would happen. And the phrase that I kept telling myself is just everything happens for a reason. Um, and even if it isn't happening at the time I expected it to, it's all going to work out in the end. And so the fact that I didn't end up going to uh, a four-year university uh, in fall of 2022 actually worked out for the best because I would not have had these experiences without having to um, stay at home and do another semester at home.
1: Okay. Okay. I think this is my last question for you. And I think that we should ask this to everyone, one variation. What advice do you have for your future self? I was gonna say like past self, like if you could tell Younger McKenna something, what would it be? But I think future self is a little more beneficial here.
3: Okay, Um, I'm gonna think about that for a second. I don't in. know if you want anybody else to answer the question.
1: <laughs> Anyone can give it a go. I don't
0: know. I feel like Ed has some good advice for his future self. I always just say take a deep breath.
2: Uh, that's a good one.
0: Just take a deep breath.
2: What I worried uh, about yesterday is it? already
0: gone, right? You should yes. get a bumper sticker that says that. Take a deep <laughs> Let's take a deep
2: breath. Everyone. By the way, I, I could have swore in McKenna's answer, Amy, she quoted your song there for a second. I thought I picked <laughs> up on your <laughs> song. Um, so yeah, I'm always full of words. And I don't know if they're good or bad, but um, I think McKenna said something that I, I wish I had learned a long time ago that I'm applying now. Keep your options open. Which, by the way, leads to keeping your life fairly simple because she said that she had an opportunity to do an unpaid internship. Sometimes you have to do things unpaid to get to the paid stuff. Yes if you've and it's nothing wrong with this but if you've got car payments and house payments and all the payments and you've got this lifestyle that you're trying to support it makes it very difficult to pivot Mm -hmm. and when something becomes available that allows you to go i would like to do this the worst challenge, the worst problem is not even the uncomfortableness. It's like you don't, you can't even seize the opportunity because you're kind of landlocked. You can't do anything because you've got responsibilities. And listen, I raised three kids of my own and two-step kids. That's all part of it. But if you're in being aware and like looking around for stuff back to asking questions and asking for help, I think the fact that that unpaid opportunity sent you on a new path career-wise, you got a fellowship that was paid, you got experience that you have on a resume that's going to help you in DC opportunities, all of those things. If you're not able to do that because you're encumbered with a lot of stuff, um, those are things that you, you end up regretting. So I think... The answer to that question is if I was talking to my 70-year-old self, I would say stay lean, keep it lean so that if something pops up, like I'm flirting around, don't tell my wife because she's not super excited. I'd like to move to Portugal at some point and live on the coast over there. Uh, so I I just know that I've got to be able to, if something like that opens up, I have to be able to have things lined up to go. So we kind of talked about going to school remotely, right? That allowed flexibility to do other things. Maybe the opportunity for me is having a business that's more online or having something that's systematic yes. where I don't have to be present. But I, if, if something opens up and I can move to Portugal, the other thing I'd like to work is drive around the country in an RV, and you know, I don't know. I just want to have flexibility. You can't have that if you. Matt. Have tons of debt uh that's hovering over you, so I think that's where I land on that subject capri i i it's a great question, and I think we've all got now a question from each of us, like future self uh amy i don't remember your question, but it was a real oh your one word, and then mine was about. Who helped you get here? Mm -hmm. Who's been a path? So those I think are fundamental questions to ask every single guest that we have, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly if it makes them uncomfortable and puts them on the spot because that's organic and that's natural and that's kind of why we do what we do. So, all right, McKenna, I kind of ran my mouth long enough to hopefully give you plenty of time to come up with an answer. So the stage is yours. (laughs)
3: Um, I think one thing that I... um, also live by is what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you, and that's kind of something that's been implemented in my mindset and like within my family is even though you might go through these hard things, it's most likely going to be for the better because um, if you aren't put through these challenges, then how are you ever going to change into something better?
2: There so, you go. Wow, McKenna, all the other things all you right. got going. You want to co-host the podcast? <laughs> yeah,
0: you want to join us? Nice. See you next week. You know, when you know where to find us, <laughs> wow. give it a few years. She's just going to own this podcast. That's what's going to happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. We should bring McKenna in as co host. Fantastic,
0: would like. love it. I've that notion. <laughs> all in favor, done. And she's like, Thanks, didn't ask me. We yeah, just, yeah, right. Didn't well, didn't we just ask you. Me. i love, hey, so. love to. <laughs> <you're in now. laughs> What a show, everybody. Thank you so much. Jacquard, awesome bringing McKenna in. McKenna, you are just an absolute treasure. You are a game changer in everything that you're doing, and you have just such an incredible career and life ahead of you. Your mindset is already in so many great places. We work with professionals at, at, at my age that we I can't get them to have that mindset. So congratulations on where you're already going and how you're mentally getting there. And um, Ed, great questions today as always.
2: Hey, McKenna, just remember, some small people when you make it big in the political world. Okay. Well, <laughs> <On> behalf- <laughs> I
0: will. Actually- on behalf of Ed Capri, McKenna, and myself, Amy, <laughs> thank you for listening to another great episode of the Education Career and Beyond podcast. Please like. Please subscribe, please share, and we will see you next time.